many of you use uh, hashtags on social media? Uh, this is not a trick question. Uh, a few people? Oh, yeah, very good. Come on. I know there's more of you. Yeah, come on. There's more of you. These are, these are the really intrepid early adopters. Actually, it's not that early. It's been around for years. But uh, is that all? I think there's a few more of you who haven't been willing to put your hand up just yet. But <laughs> I, only, I only do use them very rarely, but sort of as a joke more. Than, but anyway, hashtags like this one up on the screen here. Who knows what that stands for? Who can tell me? Well, there you go. That proves the point that people do. Thank God it's Friday. And that's one, one of the common hashtags that's around in the world. They're just a little way of doing searches on social media. And um, some people use them to make a point as well. But uh, thank God it's Friday. It's an idea that's commonly out there in society, in the world. And, you know, it, uh, it gets used quite a bit. Uh, you know, as Christians, uh, we can easily adopt this kind of thinking and we can say, Oh, well, you know, Monday to Friday, that's when I, I go to work and, you know, I sort of have to, I have to go to work and do that. Then there's the weekend and, you know, I have a day off Saturday. You know, yay, that's the day for whatever celebration or whatever. Then Sunday, well, I go to church and do the spiritual stuff on Sunday. Maybe that's the way you've thought sometimes. A lot of people might, Christian people might think that way. And, um, uh, but, you know, when you do that long enough, and you get into that routine of doing that long enough, you start to rationalize that and ask yourself, well, why, why am I doing this? And is this, you know, what's the point of all, all of this? Um, and I ask the question, you know, if we, if we love Fridays that much, what's wrong with the other days of the week? For example, what's wrong with Mondays? You know, I did a little Google search, literally, what's wrong with Monday, you know? And when you do that, you get just so many responses and all the psychologists and researchers and social scientists will tell you everything wrong with Mondays. Now, we do know that more workplace accidents happen on Monday than any other day. We, we do know that. Um, and we know that there's heaps of songs being written about everything wrong with Mondays like, you know, uh, is that a song? Okay, you know, Monday, Monday and... and uh, uh, rainy days on Mondays and all these songs where people have tried to express, you know, that they're feeling, they feel bad on Monday. What's wrong with Mondays? Oh, that's the question I'm asking. Um, but the point is for us, friends, we're all oriented towards the weekend if we really were honest about ourselves, and unless you're a shift worker and you only work on weekends. But there's a few people probably like that. But most of us are oriented towards the weekend. And what I want to do this morning is to challenge some of the underlying assumptions behind that because I believe that God is wanting us to make a, a cultural shift in this area and to embrace something that He is, in His Word, has got for us today. And I hope that you can get a hold of this this morning because um, I just want to start off by saying, friends, that as believers, as Christians and people following Jesus, we've made, we've made following Jesus all about Sundays or too much about Sundays. We, we just have. Now, I have to say here, I love our Sundays. I like what we do here. I like coming to church. Uh, I like being here and catching up with you people and, you know, it just ha we have a good time in God's house. I love all of that. It's just, it's just great. But I have to tell you that this generation 
100 or 200,000 people that live around us here in Toowoomba, in this region, are increasingly not waking up Sunday morning and saying, oh, what's a great church I can go and visit today? Do, do you get that? Tens, hundreds of thousands of people around us are not waking up saying, what's a church I can go to today, Sunday? They're just not doing that. That's the reason why they're not sitting here with us today. Um, and here's the thing. If we make church all about Sunday, we make all the spiritual stuff all about Sunday, we can only blame ourselves. We're not, I'm not blaming those people out there for not understanding that God loves them. We need to look at ourselves and actually think seriously about this because we're allowing the idea that one day of the week is special. Now, I know we do things on other days of the week as well, but, but it's very easy for churches to become Sunday-centric and focus on that. And we're allowing the idea that this day is special where the spiritual stuff happens, where, where God works in people's lives on Sunday. And, uh, you know, we just need to let God do his job on Sunday because that's what it's really all about. And then by extension, we also allow the idea that some people are special, like pastors, for example, or leaders. or You know, we allow that. And I want to I kill that sacred cow today. I want to make it really clear I know this won't be offensive to you, me being the pastor here, but I want to, I want to kill that sacred cow because it's just wrong. It's just wrong, and uh, I hope we can get a hold of that today because I believe God is calling us all as Jesus followers to a cultural shift in some areas that I hope we can take a hold of. And firstly, I just want to share some things about making this shift and try and define it, and then I want to share some of the benefits if we can make this shift. Now, before I do, let me say, I, I know that culture is often deeply ingrained in people. Like, I've been in church all my life. Some of the things I'm going to tell you this morning that I think are wrong and we need to change, I've been hearing for, if I said 40 years, I'd be understating my age. Uh, I've been hearing them for a long time. And they're in ground, but they've got to change because they're wrong. Things that I've believed for a long time. Now here's, here's my first point this morning, friends. We are all called by God. Every person in this room is called by God. A calling, when we use the word calling, it doesn't belong to some special people. There actually aren't special people. The only one that's special is God and Jesus. They're special. But, you, you know, I'm sure not special, and none of us here really are. So we're all called. And so the idea that there's some kind of a hierarchy of calling that, you know, you might have a certain calling down here, but there are some people who have a higher calling up there, maybe to be a, a leader or a pastor or a missionary or an evangelist or something like that. That idea really is a, is a, a false notion that we need to really get rid of today. You might say to me, well, I'm just an accountant or I'm just a teacher. I'm just a motor mechanic. I, you know, I work in retail or I, I work in hospitality or I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a mum, you know, stuck at home with the kids. You might say to me those sort of things. Whenever I hear anyone say that, I'm just a, I say, hey, hang on, hang on. You're not just a, you, that's awesome. What you are doing is great. That's fantastic. And you know what? That's a calling from God where you are right there. Here's a great verse of scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 28, God chose the things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, 
and use them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. And as a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. So, you know, the ground is level here. There's no reason for anyone to think more highly of themselves than they ought. There's no, this idea of a hierarchy of callings or, or purpose or function, it just doesn't exist in the kingdom of God. In fact, the real point of this is to understand that the highest calling anyone can ever have is the calling to follow Jesus. And if you've made that decision today and said, I'm going to be a Jesus follower, you've, you've already got the highest calling you're ever going to have. And, I, and I, I need to say right here, if you're still thinking about that, maybe you haven't made the decision yet. Maybe you're still saying, well, you know, what is all this Jesus stuff? I don't really know. If you haven't made that decision, you can today. Because that's the, that's the highest and the greatest thing you'll ever do in your life is say, I'm going to ask Jesus into my life. And when you do that, when you've made that decision, all other, decisions, all other things and decisions and issues just pale into insignificance beside that following Jesus. Number one, we're all called. Second thing, we're all influencers. You're an influencer right here sitting in this room. Now, there's a lot of talk I know about and, and chatter about becoming an influencer. You can be like on social media, you know, you can become a nano influencer with, you know, like a few thousand followers, or you can become a micro influencer. You can become a macro influencer. You can even become a mega influencer like we see sometimes on the television and it's put up before us and we think, wow, they are the people, they're the socially gifted ones. Is that right? They're the ones that have got real leadership. They're the ones that are making a real difference in the world. They're the ones that everyone wants to talk to and be like. Can easily morph into, for us as Christians, we can look at that kind of person and we can think, well, yeah, that's, that's okay, but if we're ever going to reach our city, to use that phrase, we use the phrase sometimes, don't we, reaching the city, maybe to, to, to really reach out and be effective as a church, we just need to find those few socially gifted people, those few people with real capability, and let release them because they'll do great things amongst us. Have you ever thought that? You know, if we just had the, the, really, the really cool people or the really smart people, the really gifted people, if we just had that, wouldn't it be great? Here's the problem with that. There's actually a number of problems with that thinking. But the, 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 what I want to highlight this morning is this. Jesus never did it that way. That wasn't what Jesus ever did. He wasn't looking for the people who were the most qualified. He rarely ever chose the natural influences to help him. He preferred to use ordinary people, people who never thought they could do much. People, rather than the prominent, the talented, influential few, Jesus chose the flawed and ignored. Does that sound like you? Sure sounds like me. He chose the flawed and ignored to do his work. And so, friends, none of us can ever say that we can't do anything for God. Every one of us in this room is an influencer at some level where we are. And I want you to uh, see the, the uh, significance of the ordinary and the everyday, friends, because what you are doing every day, what you are doing every day is just as significant and important as some of the person that you might consider to be, you know, talented or special or important or gifted or anything like that. Every day. Uh, and I hope this morning 
before I finish this, that you can see the importance of the everyday. What about Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays? Forget the weekend. What about all these other days where God has called me to do something great for Him? Third thing. So we're all called, number one. We're all influencers. Number three, your whole life belongs to God, not just part of it, all, all of us. If I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, my whole life belongs to Him. So the idea that there's some kind of a divide between uh, sacred and secular, or let's say spiritual things and secular things, that just doesn't fit in the kingdom of God. It doesn't work because God is saying, it's all mine. I love this in Romans chapter 12. Here's what I want you to do. This is so powerful. This is what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, not just a spiritual part of your life, your ordinary, everyday life, sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. So don't feel that you need to be always doing something for God. The first thing, embracing what He does for you is most important. So um, when we talk about sacred, what, what do we mean by sacred or spiritual? Sacred just means what we dedicate to God or what we give to God. And this is saying give everything, give it all, your ordinary, everyday, walking around life. So Mondays to Saturdays are just as spiritual as Sundays. And, and God is interested in all the details of your life. He's interested in you, every part of your life. Let's read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. God has put all things, all things under the authority of Christ and has made him, Jesus, head over all things for the benefit of the church. That's all of us. So, so the church is his body. And it's made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. So, so everything that we are and have, you know, if, you, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, he's got to be Lord over that. Because that's where God has made him, has given him authority over every part of our life. So it's time to shift our thinking away from a thank God it's Friday to a thank God it's Monday. Because, you know, today, Monday... Tuesday, Wednesday, the rest of the week, all of that, that all belongs to God. And He can use me wherever I am, in my workplace, you know, at home, down the street, at uni, at school, wherever I am, I'm called to do something for God. And every day is special. So thank God. Can you say that? What if we all say it together? Just right. So thank God it's Monday. Is that revolutionary or what? I don't know if you've ever thought like that before, but, you know, thank God it's Monday. When I say that, straight away I'm starting to shift something. What it means is, thank God I've got an opportunity to, opportunity to do something for Him. I've just got an opportunity now to do something for God today. Forget Sunday. Sundays are great, but that's not the point. Thank God it's Monday. Now, what happens when I start saying Thank God it's Monday. Now, these are the benefits. This is the selling point. In selling, you never sell the steak. You've got to sell the sizzle, right? 
That's what they say. So I'm going to give you some points that I hope you'll like. And these are the benefits for you uh, of saying and beginning to say, thank God it's Monday. Here's the thing. Number one, you get a greater appreciation for every day, not just the weekend. So you're not sitting there on, you know, Friday or Thursday night or Friday saying, oh, I hope it's going to be the weekend really soon. Um, yeah. You're, you're on Sunday afternoon, th- Sunday night thinking, wow, tomorrow's Monday. It's awesome. I'm looking forward to, to Monday. What happens is you get a greater appreciation for every day, not just the weekend, and start enjoying what you're doing. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, I've been around a fair while and, you know, and working and, and you know, and it's easy when you've been doing a lot of the same stuff for a long time to find that it's getting a bit monotonous depending on your job and so on. But um, I know like fact, when you're in a factory, factory workers, if the factory managers are smart, they rotate people's jobs because if you're doing the same thing you know, like month after month, year after year, you know, it, it can get monotonous, right? So they wrote, you know, a factory that I used to work in, they would rotate people around so that they could have more interest in their work. But here's the thing. If you know that God's got his hand on your life and has called you for something really significant right where you are, and you start saying, thank God, it's Monday, I can do something for God, that's fantastic, and you, you get over that. Here's a great saying by Seth Godin. Seth Godin's not a, necessarily a Christian person, but he said this, instead of wondering when our next vacation is, why not set up a life we don't need to escape from? Now, he's actually saying the same thing as what I'm saying, but in a different way, uh, in a, in a uh, different kind of thinking. So second thing, start to believe or when, when you start saying, thank God it's Monday, you start believing God can use you where you are, and you know that you've got a calling from God. You just, something happens on the inside. You know you've got a calling from God, and that, that is significant. Here's a point. It's not your job that m- makes it a calling or defines it as a calling. It's who is calling you and has positioned you where you are. That's what makes it a calling from God. So don't say, you know, my job is, you know, taking out the trash or sweeping the floors or, you know, how can that be a calling? That's not the point. It's who has called you and positioned you right there for that season, you know? If you're an apprentice or you've you're been an apprentice in your lifetime, a number of people here have been, it's a fair chance when you're an apprentice, you will, every apprentice spends time sweeping the floors and taking out the trash and doing that stuff. I did it for a long time. I st- Come to think of it, I'm still doing it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm still taking out the trash. It's not the, it's not the job itself that defines it as a calling. It's who has called you and positioned you right where you are. That's the point. That's the thing. I, I remember years ago, um, we moved from Chinchilla, where we were, up to far north Queensland, you know, a beautiful part of Australia up there, and, and uh, almost as beautiful as Toowoomba. And so we're up there, and and uh, I, we'd gone up there to help out with a, a new church that was being planted. And, um, and so we, we left a lot of things behind. We had a business and, you know, and you build a new house and all this sort of stuff. Anyway, left that to go up there to help out with this new church plant. So I had to, had to think of uh, what am I going to do? You know, I, I, had a, I was an electrical contractor. I'd been working as an electrician 
for about 10 years and, and a contractor for about three years in, in that part of that. And um, so I, I got up there and I thought, oh, well, you know, 10 years, I might just do something different. So I, I looked around for a job. I thought, um, maybe I can be a truck driver. Maybe I can, maybe I can do, I just wanted to do something different. I didn't care what it was, but just something different. I thought I need a change, you know. And as I was praying about this and nothing was materializing, no jobs were sort of materializing and money was getting a little bit tight. And, um, uh, well, to be quite honest, we had none really, but uh, it was getting a bit tight. And so I'm praying, God, what's going to happen here? And God directed me to this scripture in um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. And it says, As a prisoner for the Lord then, Paul the Apostle speaking about himself as a prisoner. He was in prison. I'm urging you, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And I instantly knew what that was about. You know, I knew and I'd known for many, many years before that, that God had something in mind for my life that was a bit different and that one day I'd be doing something different. But at that point in time, when I saw that scripture and it really hit me, I knew that God was saying to me, just keep doing what you've always been doing. In other words, you need to stay in your trade, stay in your lane, and keep on doing that. And within a very short space of time, uh, work started to open up, and I started to doing some more contracting work, and, and I started doing a lot of contracting work, actually, up there. So I know that God spoke to me from that scripture to say, just keep on doing what you're doing, and appreciate and understand that God has put you where you are for a reason and for a purpose. And I'm not sure if anybody here can sense that for you today, but maybe that's for you this morning. And maybe you're saying, oh, if I can just do something different, what about where God has placed you right now? That's, that can be... Uh, something significant. Here's a point that's the call. Everyone is called. We're all called to follow God. Another scripture. Um, yes, yeah, so that's, that's the point I'm making this. So the idea that when we finally get serious with God and then we leave behind our secular work to do something spiritual just doesn't really fit in God's economy. Um, why don't you just be a missionary where you are right now? Why not, why not be, a, what, be an evangelist where you are right now? Why not be a disciple maker right where you are? All these other amazing spiritual roles you could do apart from your other spiritual role of the work you do every day, which is very important for us to get a hold of. Number three, unexpected opportunities, situations and connections start presenting themselves. When I start saying, thank God it's Monday, I'm opening myself up to what God might do, unexpected opportunities and things start to come out of the blue. I love that little saying. You see it on our screen sometimes. It says, expect God to do something amazing. I reckon God is always looking to do something incredible in our lives, in your life and in, in my life. And, and we just need to be open to that. Um, I was reading a story uh, this week uh, or recently about this guy who's a, who's a chaplain, a Christian chaplain. And he's at a conference one, one week during the week. And um, between the sessions, he just went outside for a bit of a break and he was standing there on his own and it was like a boardwalk and there's lots of people going past and so on. And uh, this guy came up to him and said, look, um, my family, would you mind taking a photo of us? Which sort of thing can happen anywhere. And so he said, sure, sure, no worries at all. So he gets the, get the phone and about to take a photo and he could see that all these people were quite upset. They, they were quite, you know, dis upset. And so he, and he was just getting ready to take the photo and, and he was, could overhear what they were saying. It became obvious 
that they were there for a purpose right there, and that lo- the location was significant, why they were there. And it was the 20th anniversary of their father's death. So instantly the Holy Spirit spoke to this guy, this chaplain. He said, look, um, I'm so sorry to hear about, about all this that you're saying, you know, but, but look, why don't we do a little memorial service for him right now? And he'd never done this before. Uh, it was just um, something that just came to him out of the blue. And uh, they, would, they were, you know, a bit awestruck that he, that he would volunteer to do that. So he got, got a couple of them to just share a little bit, and he prayed for them all and prayed there. And all the bystanders and people passing by, they all stopped respectfully. And, you know, while this is all going on, and they're all sit, standing around just hugging one another, and the tears are flowing. And it just became an amazing, amazing moment in time. And here's the point. When you say to yourself, thank God it's Monday, anything can happen. Any amazing things can open up. Opportunities you would never expect when you're looking and believing that God could do something great in your life. And I want to encourage you this morning to start saying, thank God it's Monday. Because anything can happen when you do that. That's, that's an incredible point, number three. Number four, the world becomes a much bigger place when you say, thank God it's Monday, because you can see that God is at work in all around you, not just maybe in the church. No, like, how many people can we fit in here? We're starting to run out of space already here, but so what? It's not about here. It's about the city. You know, we might have to start another congregation somewhere or start another service or get the powerhouse over the road. I don't know, and I don't care. That's not the point. What about what God is doing? He's at work in people's lives, and I've always believed this. And uh, here's a great scripture here from John chapter 5 where Jesus heals this guy at the pool of Bethesda. And um, he was being a cripple for 38 years. That's a pretty incredible miracle. And then... And then Jesus sort of moves on quickly, and the guy uh, later on finds him and was, was amazed that it was Jesus. And Jesus got into trouble with the authorities because he did it as he often did on the Sabbath day, on the, on the Sabbath day. And uh, like I've said before, there's nothing wrong with the Sabbath. It's a great idea. God modeled the Sabbath for us because we need to rest. Uh, here's the thing. God doesn't rest right now because he's working continually he's continually at work in us the bible tells us he doesn't sleep he doesn't slumber he doesn't take a nap god is not you know he's not falling over on the job because he's so tired he never sleeps or slumbers the bible tells us but here's the thing jesus said jesus defended himself when they had to go at him for working on the sabbath he said my father's working straight through even on the sabbath and so am i so, you know, whatever day you take, maybe, maybe today is a day off for you. And I appreciate you coming to church on a day off. And that's great. But I want to tell you, God is at work today. The Holy Spirit is at work. And, and on your Monday and your Tuesday and your Wednesday and every day of the week, God is at work in the lives of people around you. And when, when I start to see that, I, you know, what, our job is not to, you know, um, introduce someone to something they've never thought about before, although we can do that, but we should be doing that as well. The Bible does say we should do that as well. But what about picking up on what's already happening in the lives of those people and going with that? Because sometimes it's what's already happening in their life can be a great, I use the word segue, into uh, 
sharing the gospel with those people. When you know that God is at work in people all around you, the world becomes a bigger place, and that just becomes amazing. Number five, this is my last point. We get to practice reconciliation. Now, this is incredible because, you know, if someone, you've got a couple of friends here, and, you know, one of them gets offended through something happens, and, and someone else, another friend comes along and, and you know, and smooths it over and, and brings them back together again and, and, and brings a reconciliation between those two people. It's an amazing thing. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? We all agree that's a great thing. How about this? When your friend at work, when you introduce them to your friend Jesus, I want to tell you, that is reconciliation at the highest level. And the Bible says that you and I have been called and given a ministry of reconciliation. So that's our job, to introduce the people around us to our friend Jesus. Wouldn't that be great? So when, when, when I, is that going to happen on Sundays? Oh, it could. It could easily. But what about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Thank God it's Monday because I'm going to, this week, introduce my friend to my other friend, Jesus. What an incredible thing that will be. I wonder, can our creative team please come back at the moment? Um, and I just want to encourage you this morning, friends, to start seeing your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as important days, special days. Thank God it's Monday, a day when God can really do something powerful in my life and through, and through me. And what I'd like to do this morning is just before we uh, uh, bring this to a close, I wonder, I mean, we're all, we're all in different stages of life here and um, uh, different um, occupations or maybe, maybe you don't have an occupation right now. For, for, for whatever reason, I just wonder, what I'd like to do is just pray for every one of us because I believe that where God has positioned you right now is significant, is significant in Him. So I wonder, could, can we... Can we all really actually stand up? Because I want to pray for you specifically that where you are, God will use you in your role, in your place, in your position, in the calling He has for you. Because every one of us right now have got something that we can do and encourage someone around us. And Lord, I pray for every person here that's standing here today. Lord, I ask that there'll be a new sense in their hearts this morning of the purpose of where they're at a new sense of calling, a new sense of empowering of the Holy Spirit, a new sense of the reason why I'm here right now, a new sense of the value of this day, a new sense of a love for people, a new sense of what you are doing in the people around me. I ask this morning, Lord God, that there be a new sense of confidence and courage that doesn't come out of my skill or my ability, or even training, but a, but a knowledge that the Holy Spirit is at work within me and empowering me to do something for you. Today, Lord God, I pray for every person in this room that we will all be saying, thank God it's Monday when I can do something for you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.